headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host, Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality. Number one best-selling author is my co-host, and we'll be talking about your life, your money, and, of course, your jobs and your careers, which is what Ken talks about every day. The phone number is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. John starts this hour in Las Vegas. Hey, John, how are you? Hey, gentlemen. I'm doing well. Good. I just have a quick question. Um, it's If I can use a signing bonus to buy a new car. You can. The question is, should you? <laughs> yes, that's better said. Okay. Is this so, a brand new car or new to you? Uh, new to me, potentially brand new. We'll see. And what would the payments be? Um, I'm planning to cash flow it, but my situation, to give a little more background, is I am about to start dental school at the end of this month. However, I, I'm also married. We have no debt um, and I have a full scholarship for dental school, so I won't be paying out of pocket anything for that. Because you're going and into the service. Correct. Army. Okay. Good. And all and of this means you of need that, to buy a car. Why? <laughs> so, no, don't need to, but my wife and I are planning to have kids in the new, near future, and she's wanting a newer car that's a more kid-friendly. Right now we have a 2014 Toyota Camry. Mm-hmm. Nothing super wrong. Nothing wrong with it. It's just I mean, it's well. It has one hundred sixty thousand miles on it, and so while you're in dental school, bigger. what will your income be? She's a nurse, and so we're currently in Vegas, but we're going to be moving to Boston. So in Boston, her income will probably be around a hundred thousand dollars. Good, cool. And do you get any kind of stipend while you're in from the military while you're in dental school? I do. I get about twenty eight hundred a month for ten and a half months a year, and then it's a little bit more. I think it's closer to like thirty six hundred for the other month and a half. So you have a household income of one hundred and thirty thousand at that point. How much was the signing bonus? Twenty. Twenty grand. Okay. All right. And it well, will be taxed. Yeah, here here's a couple of so, rules of thumb on vehicles. All things with motors and wheels go down in value. They are the largest thing that we buy that goes down in value. They help us burn money more than anything else we do. We set fire to dollar bills as we buy them and drive them. Me too. I like cars, okay? I like cars with loud mufflers, not batteries, but everybody's got their own thing, right? (laughs) So here's the thing. Uh, In other words, we're not against vehicles or something like that. That's not the point. But if you you don't want to have vehicles totaled up, that's more than half your annual income. So that would leave you at a $70,000 or so, $65,000 worth of vehicles we're not doing that so you're you're not going to be over that i'm guessing the other car is worth what you got two cars no we we uh only have one car because okay. we're moving to the east coast okay so you're going to be fine if you buy one car under sixty five thousand on that rule you're definitely going to do that okay rule number two is you pay cash for whatever you do so whatever the little uh little hoopty toyota brings plus 20 grand is what you could spend max you have any other okay. money saved? We have about 
40-ish um, thousand saved and about 18 in a Roth IRA for retirement. Okay. So you've got a little money. you got a little bit of an emergency fund. That's good news. Um, and you got to say 20 minus the taxes because you don't want to get in tax trouble, right? So 20 minus right. the taxes plus whatever the Toyota brings is what she could buy, what you can buy. And here's the last bit of advice. You guys are young. How old are you? 24. Okay. So this is old man, Dave. You ready? Don't buy a car <laughs> yeah. for a baby that's not even on the way yet. That's an excuse that I wanted a better car. It's okay to buy a better car just because I want a better car and I got the money, but don't blame the baby that isn't even on the way. It's not his fault. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and listen, here's the, other, the here, here's the other thing, too. Um, you can buy a nice car, and one baby doesn't need a giant SUV. One baby baby doesn't need the nicest minivan out there. Babies it's a are car small. seat. Babies are small. That car seat will fit fine in that in that Camry. They, yeah, they take fine. up they take I'm, up a I'm lot kind of, of a, a lot of smell room, but they're small. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. Oh my gosh! Hey, this is a great time for you, man. Congratulations! Yeah, what yeah. a great way to go to dental school. Yeah. Instead of being four hundred thousand dollars in debt, you're serving so your country. Smart. Thank you for serving your country. Yes, sir. Very well done. Yes, sir. You're thinking about what to do with this. You're not just you didn't just impulse and drive by the car lot and go buy some bunch of crap you can't afford you're very thoughtful you're very wise you guys are going to be great parents you're going to do very well we're very proud of you john yes. and again thanks for serving your country yeah very stacked cool a stuff. good amount of cash too they've shown they've shown some impulse control already yeah so that's a good base to, to but this is natural dave i don't know you've been around on this people start freaking out when you think well we're gonna try having a baby but here's the reality and i don't want to be a damper on anyone but you have no control as to when baby shows up and so stack cash once See, this is why you pregnant. listen to the show, getting information you would get no other way. That's genius. I you just have dropped. no control when babies come. That comes straight from Ken Coleman. Hey, Fresh insight, just right off the you. presses. Well, it, Nobody I, knew that. Hey, Stacy and I struggled with infertility for seven years. I'm not trying to be a downer. The point is, is that stacking cash, and then you have time to buy the nice car, the nicer car. And I just think I want young couples to look at the long view. Because it never hurts to. By the way, cash. as soon as you adopted, you got pregnant. Let's just keep that in that mind. That is true. That that, is that's true. just that's the magic thing right there. <laughs> yeah, well, that comes with its own expenses. So there you go. Careful on that one. That's but yeah, good. you get the point. Is that we 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 jump to conclusions because of the emotion, the excitement. Oh, it's exciting. It it's is. It's natural for people to do this. And you're looking at the crappy car, going, "I hate this car." And so our little precious little baby needs a nice car. <laughs> <laughs> not wait till they spit up all over it you yeah, know the first time that new carpet gets all stinky the, the, well the worst ones are the toddlers oh they can just they could turn a car into a true. nuclear waste zone yeah and by the way it is my opinion that goldfish they re they reproduce when the kids drop them on the floor of the car they reproduce there's like 10 percent more every time you get in the so car not i mean Cheerios. in one segment we get that babies can't be planned, yeah. and, and and goldfish reproduce. We get in one segment. Yeah. We get this gold from you. Hey, common sense, Ken. That's what you can call me. Just <laughs> dropping the dropping the depth today. Dropping the bombs. <laughs> He's everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Watch out. He's everywhere. Don't let the common sense sneak up on Check you. Check out the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to love it. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. And um, by the way, uh, we'll just go ahead and add one little extra serious note to that. If you have a car that's worth $8,000 that won't hold the car seats because you got now another car seat or something, go buy something that's worth $8,000. 
not 28,000 that'll hold the car seats. They make $8,000 used vans too. You can move laterally. You don't have to move up 20 grand just to get bigger. See, that's where we know you're rationalizing. This is the Ramsey Show. You've been gazelle intense. You've eaten more beans and rice than you knew existed. And now you're ready to make your biggest investment better. Blinds.com is a great way to dress up a room or your entire home. Whether you like do-it-yourself projects or you don't even know what a Phillips head screwdriver is, trust Blinds.com to take care of you like Ramsey would. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or let Blinds.com's professionals handle everything for you. Blinds.com offers a completely hassle-free experience. Count on them to deliver stylish window treatments from premium brands without the premium markup. And you can count on free shipping, free samples, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee so you can rest easy. That's why we've recommended Blinds.com for over 10 years. Shop Blinds.com right now and get up to 40% off. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to the Ramsey Show. I'm your host, Dave Ramsey. Ken Coleman is my co-host today, number one best-selling author, host of the Ken Coleman Show. Yeah, we hang out in Nashville in case you guys forgot, and there's always these uh, famous music people drop by and see us. That's not happening today. Instead, uh, an extremely famous comedian from Nashville is dropping by, our friend Nate Bargatze. Hey, Nate, how are you? Good. How are y'all? Doing great, man. Hey, the Amazon special rocked uh thank you yeah it was great i uh it's very exciting to be here dave we've you know listened to you obviously my whole life uh with because my parents would tell me to do stuff that you tell people to do never i didn't i wasn't great at it but they had all the ideas but i i kind of told you at this party i also moved you when i was oh, like I 20 oh it'd been 20 years ago uh you're in a house i think no going way. to a lake house yeah and yeah, uh, we had this little lake house down at Estill springs and I, uh, so we were moving you, like the company I worked for, we went to your house and moved you. And my one thing, you were very nice. Everything was great. I don't know. You had a TV. This was back when TVs were big. Yeah. Like you take two guys to carry one of those. Yeah. But this TV, I don't remember. It wasn't, it was like, I think what I remember is like a, it wasn't in like a, you know, if you had a big widescreen, but it was a smaller one. But then you go, hey, that TV's pretty heavy. And, you know, I'm 20 and I'm like, I got it, Dave. Don't worry. Like, this is, <laughs> this is what I do is I move TVs. And I picked it up. And if you kept concrete in that TV, I would believe that. It was the heaviest TV <laughs> I've ever felt in my life. And then me and my buddy both had to carry it. And I remember it not being so big because our faces were super close to each other because you're just like walking like one side on the other side. But I always think about that TV still so to this glad, day. I'm so glad that Dave Ramsey made an impression. Still the heaviest TV I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> it was, just, did he offer pizza? in your fingers. And I think people there. want to know. Pizza uh, bottle. I don't water. remember if he offered. I think he offered that. Uh, all I, yeah. The, my big one was he goes that TV's heavy. You might need someone to help. And I go, I got it, Dave. Don't worry about. Don't worry about me. And then you're like, who? This is the heaviest TV I've ever felt in my life. So the uh, changing gears. The the Amazon special. We watched it the other night. It is excellent. You did an amazing Thanks. job. Um, the uh, 
the the experience had to be so much better than the one the the thing you did during covid that was, oh, yeah. that was like a root canal wasn't it oh yeah just outside everybody had mask on i couldn't hear them laugh the first uh so when you do shows uh if you, you say you're gonna do an hour you know of material or whatever uh that can also depend on the crowd if it's going to be an hour. Like, so if the crowd, if you can't really hear them laugh and you're having to talk faster, it's like that hour becomes 40 minutes, 45, like that much. And if the crowd's laughing great, that hour can be an hour and 15 minutes. And uh, the first, when we did the COVID one, uh, I got done taping and it was at like, I want to say 43 minutes or something. And they were like, right when I got off, they were like, yeah, we do not have it. Because you tape two shows when you tape a special. And then you edit them to get, like, and usually it's all from one show, but then you have maybe a couple of jokes you said better. And so when I got done, uh, they were like, yeah, we, that was so short. And I was like, well, I can't hear anybody laughing you can't tell they had mask on so you can't even see their face if they're well, enjoying the b-roll it. of the audience was just horrendous oh i mean it, it, just, it was painful yeah it was painful i need uh, I, felt, I mean as somebody who's also on stage obviously not a yeah. comedian but also does a lot of speaking and stuff it was painful to think about what you're experiencing but this one this one and the the, the setup the uh, production values on this latest one mm-hmm. the the way the audience was coming around you and the way you were working them yeah it was really good well i wanted to after like uh this place where i taped this one uh the celebrity theater in phoenix it's uh, one of my favorite venues uh carlin taped a special there louis ck taped a special there and uh it's it was such a cool like you could see the crowd car and special you could see the crowd a lot because it was just back it was like 70 something when he taped it and so it's just that's how it was but i wanted to show a crowd and i wanted to show people having fun because after covid and all that stuff it's like i wanted it was like you just wanted the crowd to see like look it's all every people are having fun and people are back out and people yeah. are doing that stuff so it was like we kind of lit up the crowd a little bit so you could see them and uh yeah it's that place is the best as a pastor's kid when you started talking about the words that you were allowed to say and not allowed to say mm-hmm. that was absolutely hilarious yeah. i've got to ask you this. this is a money show uh we know that a lot of money issues in marriage yeah so i'm just curious your own marriage your wife's role with money your role with money like what's that like for you it's i have no role in it so it's her <laughs> uh i don't know i mean i used to have jokes like i was like if my wife ever died like i would like I don't know what bank I would go to. Like, what? I don't know how to get my money out. I'd have to call her mom and ask her to be like, you know, what is your maiden name? Uh, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't know. I mean, it's I'm disconnected. You know, when you grow up, we didn't have money. Like, and so even though I know is the pressure on my parents for raising us and saving money and doing all that stuff, I was just, uh, fortunately, I guess, kind of oblivious. I never really thought about it. And I kind of went in that with comedy. And so money, like, I've just never uh, thought about it so much. It's just kind of like you're doing what you're doing. Like in comedy, I would always have little check marks where I could realize... Uh, you know, I worked at Applebee's. I met my wife at Applebee's on Thompson Lane, and we really? worked. Yep, we worked there together. And so, that I rem- flair. Yeah, the, the yeah, flair. Yeah. yeah, all the flair. So I remember in comedy when I got to a point where I was making just as much as I'd be making at Applebee's, and someone that didn't go to college or anything. I was like, all right, like I'm making as much as I would make as you know thirty thousand dollars a year whatever it is and then you slowly just have little check marks where you can just be like all right i'm making this like i wouldn't make more than this at whatever job i have uh so but my wife is the one that does all of it how's it feel when someone says grammy nominated 
it's crazy. That's that's it's one that you never. I mean, because you're like, why would I have get any of this stuff? Like you know, as you say, uh, better than I deserve. Uh, it's you, you don't think I don't deserve any of this stuff. And so it's, and being just from here in old Hickory and, uh, you know, who am I? Like I'm nobody. So it's, it's all wild and it's hard to like take in, but it's stuff I did want, you know, I have, you have your goal. You want to, yeah, you want to think about it. You, you do want to be as big as you can be, but it's, uh, yeah, when it happens, it's, it's pretty sur- surreal. How many years were you at the trade before things really started to move for you? Uh, I've doing, I've done it 20 years. And, uh, so I was at it. I mean, you know, it's all gradually. I always say you either make it at 20 or 40 and no one makes it in the middle. So you either get lucky and get plucked or you have to go grind it out. And, uh, so it was all kind of gradually always just kind of moving up. And, uh, I, I would say after the Netflix special, the Tennessee kid, the standups in the Tennessee kid was when it really kind of, we took a pretty big leap to where you go to theaters and people are there to see you. Like they know, you know, you got to have new material. You got to have all this stuff. Like they're there to absolutely see you, but I'm not still get amazed by it every day. I was just at the American century golf tournament and like just the autographs and the fact that people know who you are and you're, you know, you're taking all these pictures. I mean, it's, it's pretty insane. Were you on the course when Steph hit the hole in one? I was two holes over. So you heard it. It was, yeah. And so we didn't know who did it, but the, the roar was so loud that you're like, all right, well, someone, a, you're like, someone's got, that has to be a hole in one. (laughs) And then it's so loud and long. Then you're like, well, I don't know who it is. And then they, someone radios over like one of the volunteers and they're like, it was Steph Curry. And you're like, well, I mean, that's, that couldn't have worked out better for uh, NBC and all that. It was a very cool thing to see and to hear it. Just the roar. Yeah. Wow. Nate Bargatze, uh, Grammy-nominated comedian, a neighbor of ours here in Nashville, dropping by to hang out. Be sure and check out his new special on Amazon, Hello World. And, of course, he's on tour right now. And how many cities are you doing? Oh, it's uh, all of them, I think. <laughs> uh, we go – I'm leaving to Australia Saturday, this Saturday. Oh, that'll So help. be in Australia, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Get, Never been out there. Doing it, doing it with um, – doing the show with a little jet lag. Oh, yeah. I think we have a couple days. You lose two days when you go out there. Yeah, I know. Never knew that. Tickets at NateBargazzi.com. Yep, yep. There you go. Yep. And social at NateBargazzi. Yeah. Thanks All for that. dropping by, man. Absolutely. Thanks Congratulations for really, on all your success. Couldn't happen to hey, a better guy. Uh, honor, man. Honor to be here. We always loved you, and uh, so it's very cool to be here. We're honored. Hey, Nate Bargazzi, check it out. This is The Ramsey Show. I've recommended Simply Safe Home Security for years, and over that time, they've just gotten better and better while remaining an amazing value. Their monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. Plus, unlike traditional home security providers, Simply Safe has no contract and no hidden fees. So don't wait to protect your home. Visit simplysafedirect.com right now and get a special 20% off. Simplysafedirect.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Aaron is with us in Colorado Springs. Hey, Aaron, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thank you. Sure, what's up? 
So my husband and I are on baby steps four, five, and six, and I feel like we've been doing the Ramsey plan forever, and I'm we're both ready to be done with the mortgage. So we've been trying to come up with ways to pay it off, and it just seems like it's going to take longer. We want to be done in three years by the time we turn 40. and it's just, How long is forever wanting- that you've been working on this? <laughs> Well, we've been doing it about 15 years, but five of those we were overseas. So, you know, we kind of had to stop. Um, we, we bought a house. We sold that. We moved overseas. And while we were overseas, our housing was paid. So we saved up money. Then we moved back right in 2020, and the housing prices had gone crazy. And the money we saved, we thought we could pay cash for a house. We ended up having to take out a mortgage. And now we're we've got 120000 left. And we're what's your household income? And 120. Okay, and you're going to be done in three years. And you're how old? We want to be done in three years. We're 36. Okay, and before you're 40. Okay, I get it. Okay, so what's the question then? So we've run the numbers, and we've already been putting about 50% of our take home pay towards the house. Um, but with all the other baby steps and just life, um, you know, we still need about 20 grand more a year to be able to reach that goal. And so we've talked about either stopping doing fun things, which I know isn't what is meant to happen in baby step four, five, and six, or my husband has to take a second job or I work more and all of those options are just, they're hard. And so we thought, well, do we change the goal? I mean, how intense do we need to be in this step? Because for me, I want to be done tomorrow. But I also understand for three years, we shouldn't be, you know, running like gazelle intense. So how do you balance that? So $20,000 more per year. That's the number that gets it done in three years? In three years, yeah. So why does it have to be so incredibly hard? It's not necessary. You guys are doing great. But if you really break it down to how do we, the two of us, come up with an additional $20,000 a year without making life absolutely too difficult there you know what i'm saying and i think that's what you got to figure out it doesn't require such a drastic choice and it feels like the way you're setting it up to us it feels really big and heavy and i'm not sure it needs to be big and heavy i think it's a good goal to go for but it could also be managed twenty thousand dollars not that much all of your projections assume no raises too yeah but the raises haven't been you know the projection for that isn't fabulous why? Um, why? so um just because of the the my husband works in a ministry so you know over time the, okay. the raises haven't been yeah, great that, that, um, i mean they're good that's they, they pay yeah. good and they, it's a great job but yeah and, you know, and what, and what do you do more you know, i i homeschool my kids and stay home i do a little side work making a couple thousand a year and I, we've talked about me working more but you know, our focus right now is our kids and the home needs to be peaceful environment. And that allows my husband to do his work. And if I'm busy and stressed, then that just kind of, I think, breaks down a lot of that. So um, I feel like my time is maxed out really at this point. Okay. I, I, I would, without the level of pressure that you're putting on yourself, I would move from, uh, I would not move to intense. I would stay at intentional and I would dial back the pressure. These are really good goals. They are not worth, or, or not. that's not the right word. Um, you can be intentional and get there almost as fast as you get there if you worry and fret and wring your hands over it. 
So um, mm-hmm. if you don't get there in three years and it takes four, oh, well, you're still very weird in such a good yeah. way. You've done such a great job. Yes. You'll be 41 with a paid-for house, for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. And your husband's mm-hmm. in ministry. Oh, my goodness. How yeah. wonderful are you guys? So give yourself a little grace. Hey, there's a word. And, um, you know, just get, give yourself a little bit of breathing room here. And then just make it a game. And it's a monopoly game. And we want to lean into it. But the the level of pressure that I hear in your voice, I, I don't want that for you. Or for mm-hmm. your husband. I want you guys to just enjoy your run and just enjoy this I just ride. Think that I'm done. I'm like done owing people money. I want all our money coming in. I, I, you know what? I control. completely agree with you. And so um, I'd make it a matter of prayer. God, send us some extra money because we want to be done with this. We don't yeah. want any masters in our life but you. And just begin to pray that each morning. And, yeah. and then, you know, with that prayer, let's look at what we can do. I mean, can you pick up a little tutoring? Is there a thing over here you guys can turn down a little bit? And Ken's right. You might find the other 20000 as you go along here. And then even then, if you're 41 and you're debt-free, you are so far ahead of the game in America today. You're so far over in the smart column. When we look up wise in the dictionary, we're going to see your picture. Oh, my gosh, you're doing great. Breathe a little. Uh, I'm with you. I'm done owing money. I'm never going back, and I can get fired up about that. I can get wired up about that, and there's no chance I'm going to do it. And if I were in your shoes, I'd want to be out just as bad as you want to be out, but not enough to completely destroy our lives for the next three years. Gazelle intensity of that level is necessary when you're in baby step two. It is not what you should be doing in baby steps four, five, and six. You should be intentional, not intense, and there is a difference. Intentional is I'm an adult and I make every dollar behave. I'm not an immature child throwing a fit and says, I deserve it because I work so hard. You're not having any of those stupid conversations and you're not that person. You're doing good. I think you're doing good. You're doing so much better than you feel like you're doing. We think you're better than you think you are. Yeah, I think that's right, Dave. And I love the intentional here because, listen, she's homeschooling multiple kids. That three years is going to go by pretty quick. So enjoy the season that you're in. Be blessed because you've done the hard work to be in this moment. Joshua's in Dallas. Hey, Joshua, what's up? Hey, Dave, I have a quick question for you. I am almost done with baby step three and then just got divorced. Oh, so my. I have a second mortgage on this house and I'm trying to figure out, am I treating it like the first one and sticking to step three or do I treat it like debt and I'm technically back to step two? If it's under half your annual income, it's a baby step two. Let's see. It How much do you owe? How much do you owe on the second? Uh, 50, uh, 45. And what's your household? What's your income? About 81. <laughs> right on the bubble. Okay. I yeah. throw, I would throw it to baby step six. And uh, what's your interest rate on your first mortgage? Uh, it's only like 3.125. Yeah. Well, make sure you've got really good terms on this and let's get it. You know, I. Yeah. Because it's only a ten year. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be. I don't want you being in debt on either one of them for ten years. I want to go ahead and clear them. Right. But um, exactly. But but uh, yeah, you don't have anything else to do. You might as well just get in, lean in on it. But you don't have to lean in uh, again. Lean in, in on it with intentionality. If when you're paying extra on a mortgage right now, it's on that. It's not the first. Right. 
And so any money you scrape together in your budget beyond 15% going into retirement after baby in baby steps four is that baby step six is going to go on the mortgage. And in your situation today, um, you, you know, you, you're probably, uh, you just have to manage you now, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, in that sense, your expenses went down or, or can, if you choose for them to, you don't have to convince anybody to do this, but you. And so whatever you choose to do, however fast you want to clear that. So it's going to end up, other than the fact you're putting money into retirement, it's going to end up having the same effect as almost as being in baby step two if I'm in your shoes. I'm just going to attack it. But um, go at it at whatever speed you want there. But I'm going to put it at baby step six. It's over half your annual income. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Deborah is with us in Los Angeles. Hi, Deborah. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thanks so much. I've been listening to you guys for years and appreciate all you do. Well, thank you. Um, I have. You're very welcome. Um, I have a question for you. I've been listening for a long time, and yesterday I went into. Um, to adjust my own investments because I um, we've been focused on other things. I wanted to get everything set up in the four different types of mutual funds you mentioned. And the guy um, who is not a uh, not a Ramsey uh, <laughs> certified uh, financial pro, but he um, he mentioned a term that I'd never heard before. When I brought up mutual funds, he asked me if I'd considered ETFs, and I have no idea or I hadn't heard what that was he explained it to me and it sounds very similar to a mutual fund so i was just wondering if you could clarify what the difference is and why a mutual fund is better than an etf i don't know that a mutual fund is better than an etf etf just means exchange exchange traded fund and for purposes you would use it for uh they're very very similar they're almost identical uh it's a group of um you know, a group of stocks. And if you're buying an exchange, you know, typically what people will do for an ETF is something like an index fund, like an S and P 500. And so it'd just be a group of stocks in there. Now, sometimes, uh, brokers will try to get you to buy and sell in your portfolio a lot. And they like an exchange traded fund for that better. Um, and so if you're setting it up to do like you'd set up a brokerage account to buy and sell stocks in, I would not use it for that. But if you're using it like a mutual fund just to buy and hold, you're going to find it's almost identical that you didn't really, you're not going to notice any difference in the practical use of it. So uh, sometimes I hear things like, well, Dave Ramsey's against ETFs. I'm not against ETFs. I don't mind. What I want you to have is a diversified portfolio. Mutual funds, ETF, is either one of those will give it to you. What I don't want you to do with an ETF is start buying and selling all the time. And I don't want you to use any vehicle of investing that that prompts you to constantly be jumping in and out, jumping in and out, jumping in and out. Because every time the 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 you know the 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 news is good, by the time the news is good on the stock market, you're late. You should have already been in. By the time the news is bad, it's already too late for you to get out. And so people that try to jump in and out based on the news. And you're not saying that, Deborah. I'm just saying, but in general, if you're trying to use an ETF to time the market, we call it, then then that use is not something that you know that we would tell people to do ever. Because I don't time the market. I just buy and hold. I never sell it. I just buy and keep it. And uh, it, well, the stock market went down. Yeah, I know. Stock market went up. Yeah, I know. 
And if I just sit there, uh, then I'm fine. And so, but, but for your purposes, Deborah, I think he's fine. As long as you're going to stick with it. And as long as he's not, your, your planner is not recommending the ETF for purposes of timing the market or buying and selling or constantly trading on your funds. I don't be trading on my funds all the time. I buy them and hold them. The only time I sell a fund is if uh, it's just completely underperforming its category over a long period of time. And I don't remember the last time I sold one. It's been a long, long time because I just I play long ball all the time, play long ball. I'm always thinking, what's this going to be 10 years from now? What's it going to be 20 years from now? Not 10 days from now, not 10 months from now. The emotions don't drive it. And again, Deborah, you're not being accused of any of that, but I'm trying to couch my ETF answer here so I don't get misunderstood again because I'm not anti-ETF. I'm anti-timing and I'm anti-constantly trading. Because it's effectively gambling. If you try to play the market, you can really get You're no longer investing, you're speculating. That's correct. Yep. And, and, and you are, you know, from a statistical standpoint, not a spiritual standpoint, you are gambling. Right. You know, and so, uh, and sometimes I hear people say in the, in the Christian world that I'm in, you know, they'll say stuff like, well, all, all stock market is, is gambling and you shouldn't be doing that. Well, you don't understand what gambling is. <laughs> gambling ha- is not based on, gambling is based on, a, it's a game of chance. Right. Yep. Meaning you don't have any control or any insight. That's right over the over the output that's right investing is you buy a piece of real estate why because real estate's always gone up and real estate in that neighborhood is a great neighborhood it's got nice trees and it's going to be good and whatever you know and or if you're in arizona nice cactuses or what i mean whatever it is right and so you know we're gonna but we have actual outputs that we're measuring and and we can look at the probabilities and it's not just a, a deck of cards that's right. it's not a slot machine there's a complete difference, and there's a difference in the spirit by which you go at those things. So none of that has to do with Deborah, but <laughs> but Deborah, thanks for the question. Jessica's with us in Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks for having me on. Great. How can we help? Um, so my question is, I had received some money when my dad passed away. We used that money to pay off uh, vehicles and use it as a down payment on our house. And all we had for debt then was a mortgage. Since then, we've bought a tractor and built a barn. We were told to just let the money ride in the market. We were never going to touch it. That was, that was retirement money. As I've been listening to your show the last couple of weeks, I'm wondering if that was the best advice we were given and if we should pull the money from you know, the stocks and pay off our debt. And then Yeah, and then you need that, to quit buying crap you can't afford, like <laughs> barns and tractors. Uh, it, it, it's stuff needed for our oh, business. Oh, bull. <laughs> You're buying, you're buying stuff you can't afford. Okay? okay. You know how I know you did that? You borrowed on it instead of paying for it. If it was such a yeah. dadgum good investment, you would have already used daddy's stock money on that. Hello? Yep. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I, my, my question is, do we pull the money from the, the stocks and... No, you don't, the, unless you're going to quit borrowing money and on the next thing that you rationalize and justify. But if you're stop rationalizing and justifying your purchases on debt, because you're going to eventually run out of this if you keep this behavior pattern going. But if you stop the behavior pattern and say, I'm never borrowing again, we're going to pay cash for everything we do from this point forward, then yes, we did this. But the last time you paid off all your debts, what'd you do? The next time thing that came up, you went back in debt. And so if I tell you to pay off this debt, next thing that comes up, you're going to go back in debt. I don't want that for you. That's not a, that's not a method to prosperity. 
That's a method of bankruptcy. And so you've got to put your, you know, you got to spit shake and, uh, pinky swear with your husband. We ain't, we're not borrowing money anymore. If you're going to do that, then yeah, take the money out and pay off the debt. But otherwise, you're destined to live a life of put and take. We're going to pay it off, then we're going to go back in debt. We're going to pay it off, then we're going to go back in debt. And eventually, we don't have any money to pay it off. Eventually, you run out of the nest egg doing that. So you've got to break this pattern. And you were very clear. We used some of the money, cleared off all the debt. How did we celebrate? We bought a tractor and a barn and went back in debt. You've got to break that cycle. You can't do that again and again and again. There's an end to it, and the end ain't pretty. So that's what I want for you. Um, and there's no rationalization, no justification. You got to be done. You'll be done. You got to decide we're done. You know, it's an investment. It's always an investment. Everybody says everything's an investment that they want to buy, but most things aren't. Yeah. And this is a key point about behaviors aren't investments or the barn. So what happens is when you feel the need to have something, you have to go, okay, what's the least amount of thing that I need to do what I want to do? Could we have done a shed that we could have paid cash for? What's behind these purchases? Not prospective opportunities. I'm going to need this barn one day. If we don't need the barn now, then we don't need to buy the barn now. And I think that's where people have got to start looking at this and going, wait a second, what do I really need? Do I need a big tractor or do I need an old used tractor that'll do the job? And that's what people have to do or else you justify debt. Almost every one of us buy a different thing when we buy it with debt than if we had bought it with cash i agree with that 100 percent. almost every one of us yeah and you buy a bigger badder cooler that's correct crazier yeah nuttier yeah dumber right thing you got to find a with, way because do it, it doesn't feel like it's real money when it's the bank's money that's absolutely right and that's the that's the trap of this it's a it's a siren song yeah and it you, you know you'll crash this puppy on the rocks and that's what the sirens do to you Look it up. This is The Ramsey Show. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.